Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. My name is Trevor Bohm and I will be your host. Every week or so, I try to get myself a fascinating human on the mic for you, someone who looks at the civilized world just like you do and says no thank you. Someone who wants to break some rules, to lead, and to bring their unique vision into the world. Someone for whom the status quo simply will not do. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I do. Please dive in. Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. This is Trevor Bohm, your host. Today I'm speaking with a man who I was on the phone with about two and a half years ago. And I clearly remember his call because I remember the similarities of when I was in the place he was in. He had just gotten divorced. He was living at home. He was kind of on rock bottom. And he just had this idea that he needed men's work or he needed work outside of just therapy. He needed to be around men. And my message had grabbed him. So this is Alan Crawford. And Alan Crawford is now running Uncivilized Liverpool, my very first satellite group over in Europe. And we're going to talk about Alan's journey from divorced, heartbroken, nice guy to healing all the way up till now to his leadership position running this group. If you've ever thought about running a men's group or want to know some of the benefits of it, stick around for this conversation. It's a great one. Alan's a really inspiring guy, and I know you're going to get a ton out of it. Enjoy. Alan Crawford. Alan, Alon, <laughs> thank you for joining <laughs> us, brother. Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. For people who don't know where you are, tell me a little bit about where you are in the world and what you do. So I'm in Liverpool, England in the UK, and uh, I'm a therapist in private practice. And I'm also um, facilitating holding space for the latest uncivilized group here in Liverpool, which has just started this last month. Incredible. For us Americans who are moderately geographically challenged, <laughs> where the heck is Liverpool? So Liverpool's in the northwest of England, famed for the Beatles, of course. Oh, um, okay. Like, I, I think I've heard of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. those guys. Those guys. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. What brought you into therapy or what brought you into that world or, or was your driving force of getting into that world? So I think it kind of started for me. In my early 20s, I hit a really shitty, dark period of life mm. where I kind of had this, this really heavy depression and a lot of questions and, and kind of felt really pointless about things and was kind of suicidal, not in an active way, but just kind of thinking like, fuck, what's the point of it all? And um, got heavy into drugs and in a bad way financially, sleeping on mates' floors, things like that. And the, the kind of point at which that changed was you know, on some kind of come down and you know, some moment of realization that where the fuck it came from, but out of the blue, just this realization that I was responsible for my own life. <laughs> and it, you know, it's so obvious, right? But at the time it was a revelation and it yeah. started me off on this, this journey of a decade of meditation practice of being in kind of those healing therapeutic spaces and I did loads of amazing work in those spaces and, and healed a lot of stuff but there was always something still missing and I still yeah I was kind of indecisive I was passive I kind of ended up in a very conventional civilized life that 
I wasn't really choosing or building anything. I was just kind of going with the flow and all of that. And was very much what you describe as, you know, the new age sensitive, nice guy type of of man. And during that time, I got married, had a kid, had a house, had a car. And then just reached the point again, just some kind of, something snapped or clicked where it was like, fuck this, I'm not happy. This isn't the life that I'm meant to be living. And... You know, I was badly out of shape, especially towards the end of it. I was like morbidly obese. Mm. I was just numbing out and, and, you know, I was offering therapy to people, but at the same time, I wasn't living a good life myself. And yeah, um, pulled the rug from under myself, got divorced and threw myself into what essentially was the second big shit storm of my life so far. Um lost everything, you know, back to the drawing board, back in my childhood bedroom at my parents' house, broke, depressed, and did what I knew would work and threw myself back into that kind of, you know, set my course to healing. The difference was this time through Instagram podcasts, I stumbled across men's work and specifically your good self and the, you know, uncivilized movement. And in that just massive light bulbs just went off you know first of all I was obviously fascinated by your story the you know month in the dark the you know having 14 cages and the kind of having done the year to live project that book was on my bookshelf for years and I looked at it a couple of times kept putting it back you know (laughs) one day one day (laughs) we were talking about doing it I was like fuck this this guy makes sense and then when you spoke about the primal and the divine these two sides it was just like this is what I've been looking for. This is what was missing in my life. I went into therapy with a male therapist and joined the nation. And yeah, the rest is history really. Yeah. I think when we, when we first talked, right, you were, you were living in your parents' house Mm. in the middle of the divorce or right after the divorce, huh? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be a sobering place to end up. Mm very almost like archetypally like okay it's back to the beginning yeah uh, how did you for forgot and i'm asking this because a lot of guys end up there right especially mm. after a divorce it's like shit i'm 44 years old living on my buddy's couch like mm. how the fuck did this happen what was for you the first step of of moving forward as opposed to just saying, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to end it, or I'm going to mm. just live as an addict. I'm going to live as a, I'm just going to walk out of society. Mm. For you personally, what what was the driving force to go? Okay, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to try to build something. I'm going to read a book. Like, what got you out of bed at that point? It's a good question. It, it's because I, I felt the possibility of both. Like I, yeah. it's like I had the possibility on one shoulder of just, you know, just going back down that old path, just sinking into depression, mm-hmm. sinking into addiction, just giving up. Yeah. But I don't know how to describe it. I guess I believe, and it's one of the things that I, you know, part of my philosophy as a therapist is I believe we all have this actualizing tendency, this drive within us to fulfill our potential. And I, I guess I'm lucky and grateful that as shitty as it got, and you know i'll be real it was really absolutely painful you know losing everything and you know i had a son i still have a son he's five now and leaving the house and having to grieve the relationship the relationship with him Mm. that i thought i would have 
you know, there being the dad that was there every morning, every night putting him to bed, you know, my heart broke open for that. And still I carry a lot of pain around that, you know, still now, but it's, I suppose there was wanting to be a role model for him mm-hmm. that, and there was a sense of thankfully being able to draw on that previous experience of having overcome shitty times before and knowing that there were options out there and hearing the inspiration of, of the, the men out there doing this work and, you know, the uncivilized movement, the ethos, this kind of idea that there was something I could get behind. I think I needed a mission, you know, and you yeah. talk about this, don't you? A lot is we need a drive. We need a mission. And I needed that too. I needed um, a bone to chew on. Mm. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying this so honestly. So I think one of the secrets of the male world is that we all pretend that at rock bottom, it's never happened to anybody else. And yeah. it's only us. We're the only guy who's ever gotten divorced. You're the only guy mm-hmm. who's not going to see his son. You're the only guy who's ever had to move back in with his parents or wake up and go, okay, fuck, I am back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just that alone is super helpful for men listening to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan, what's the, what's the state? And I don't, I don't really know how to frame this question correctly. So maybe we can work through it together. What's the state of male mental health in the UK? Like, is this, is depression talked about? Is mental health at the top of awareness there? Or is it just something that's swept under the rug? It's kind of starting to become more prominent the last few years. Yeah, It's becoming more talked about. There there are adverts, there are things spoken about. But it does very much in the UK, maybe in Europe, come from a space of encouraging men to be more vulnerable it comes from a space of you know it's okay for men to cry it's okay for men you know reach out to your buddy and and that stuff's absolutely amazing and and it's needed yeah but it it lacks that sense of and it's also okay for us to be men it's also okay for us to be in touch with our strength and our power and that side of it isn't spoken about you know the there's very much a feeling in a lot of the male clients that i'm getting that a lot of them, younger men in the 20s and 30s, actually feel ashamed to be men. Mm. And that's fucking heartbreaking, right? It, it's kind of, yeah, they feel there's something wrong with them in being men. And I, I identify with that. It's tough. For sure, for sure. That's in the the, the cultural languaging. It's in the message. Mm. Uh, and if it worked, man, I'd be pushing it. If it yeah, was, hey, yeah. this is how we stop rape, murder, suicide, depression, and addiction. We just need to be ashamed of ourselves. That would mm. be ethos point number one. Be yeah. ashamed of being a man. <laughs> yeah. And the rest will kind of yeah. take care of itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good. good. I'm, I'm glad that you're there then, you know, holding a flag inside and, and pushing forward the idea that it's the yes and. Mm. Yes, men need to be vulnerable. Yes, we need to be in touch with our emotions. Yes, it's okay to cry. Like, please fucking cry. Mm. And own your goddamn cock. Own your ball. Yeah. Own your heart. Own your drive. Own your passion. Own all of it. Because uh, that stuff just goes into the shadow, right? And, and it, that's what I'm seeing. It, it, it's what I saw in myself, you know, when yeah. I was in that marriage. And it's what I saw, what I'm seeing in the clients that come to me, the male clients. A lot of, a lot of these guys are suppressing these things because they think they're wrong. But then, of course, they just leak through kind of like, you know, shadow behaviors and patterns. Yeah. 
I don't want to, I don't want specifics about your clientele. Mm. Can you just talk a little bit about how you see it coming through in the shadow just for guys listening so they can identify if they're doing the same thing? Yeah. So like there's common patterns and features I can talk about without, you know, breaking any confidentiality. Sure. Right? There's, you know, a lot of guys and this was me. I was this guy at one point, you know, there's guys who feel such a need to be nice, to be apologetic, to placate and please their female partners mm. that then just every now and then they explode with rage in these kind of so-called out of character mm. incidents when all of that stuff that they're suppressing just comes bursting out right. and it, in explosive ways. Or another way that it happens is men, you know, men are coming to me and talking about being ashamed of their sexual desire, being ashamed of wanting to try out certain things in the bedroom or to, right. you know, and that then often comes out in porn, you know, kind of watching certain kinds of porn and, mm. you know, God forbid, even acting those things out in shadow ways. And, you know, this is where we get men that go out and, and rape and assault people who are suppressing all this stuff. It's, it's, it's scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you help men specifically release some of that shame or just come to terms with the fact that it's human to have mm. desires. It's human to want to fuck a certain way or fuck more than one woman at a time or whatever, mm. or, or men, don't give a shit what the, the, the gender is. Yeah. How do you help guys like sort of grasp onto the fact that, hey, there's this secret out here that you guys don't know yet. Mm. We're all yeah. thinking the same shit. And yeah. <laughs> even the people who made the rules and the laws and the culture that said you can't think the same shit, guess what? They're thinking the same shit too. Yeah. How do you help guys kind of work through some of their shame? Well, I, I think in the therapy kind of paradigm, I do it through just really accepting them, you know, really letting them know that it's okay to be who they are, to have these different sides, to, you know, I, I name and acknowledge these parts of them and let them know it's okay to have that. It's healthy to have that. It's okay to express it. Yeah. But often sometimes I have the sense that therapy alone isn't enough. Mm. and i'm a big advocate of therapy i've been through shitloads of it yeah and i yeah. love you know i, I, I love too. being a therapist <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, 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 i'm being in therapy with i had a male therapist in, in the last kind of couple of years i'm not long finished with him actually and having a male therapist is powerful too i think mm. it's something you talk about that you know maybe this stuff needs to come from a man Right. And there are certain things I work through with a male therapist that I've never touched upon before with the multiple female therapists I've had. But yes. it, it, I'm so grateful that the work that you're doing exists and the work that you know, men's work in general exists because I do feel sometimes that therapy is great, but it only takes you so far. Yeah. And what we need is, is a tribe, is brothers, you know? Right. And that's what I've seen starting to work for me mm. kind of online to the nation. Right. But also in the first couple of meetings of Uncivilized Liverpool, it's already, the magic's already starting to work. Beautiful. Tell me about that. Tell me about what was your apprehension, if any, about starting your own group? Because I get a lot of guys who go, I really love this. It's helped me. I want to build it. I want to do it. And who am I to lead a group while I'm still yeah. human? Right. I think yeah. there's, there is this fallacy that you, like, my life is perfect. I don't, I make yeah. mistakes. I'm the ultimate Uber man. 
I never have issues <laughs> in my relationship. I never have issues in the bedroom. I never have issues with business. And just like, ah, just wake up levitating. And like, if yeah. you guys knew half of the shit that I see <laughs> in men's group, I'm like, guys, what do I do here? Uh, so <laughs> what were some of the apprehensions, if you don't mind sharing, that you had to work mm. through to, to be able to step into this place of leadership first? Well, one of the ones you mentioned then was a big one for me. It's that kind of imposter syndrome. Right. It's that kind of, who am I to step into that space? It was, you know, I feel I've come so far on this journey, but I'm still on the journey. You know, I'm still yeah. in the work on civilizing myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, to put yourself in that position. Mm-hmm. I had a similar feeling. I, I'm involved in meditation practice and Zen Buddhism for a while. And there was a, a point at which I almost became a monk, <laughs> like a lay monk. Wow. And I had the same feelings. Like, how could I be a monk when I do this and I do that? And <laughs> I'm still like this. And I'm still like that. So it felt like that. How can I lead and hold space for an uncivilized men's group right. when I'm not perfect? And I had to just really work with that. Mm-hmm. And also just this sense of, again, me coming from this new age sensitive nice guy background, which I'm very much trying to kill the nice guy and making big progress with that. But he's, you know, sometimes he still shows his head and there's a a lot of stuff in me of, you know, in the past, you know, this is, this sounds fucking weird to say, but when you do therapist training, one of the things you talk about is what clients might you find difficult to sit with? And right. people come out with the standard things like, oh, I couldn't sit in front of a sex offender. Right. I couldn't sit in front of a domestic violence perpetrator because it triggers this. Or one of mine, and this is fucking hilarious and shocking at the same time, it was men. Wow. <laughs> one of the, yeah. One of the things I said, I don't know how to work with men. I don't know how to sit in front of a man and connect with him. And that's because of all kinds of stuff. It was because of, you know, the relationship I have my own father and that not feeling fully you know and the relationship I have with other other kind of men like boys growing up and all of this stuff and ultimately of course me not having owned and integrated my own primal masculine edge having spent all that time in this kind of quite feminine quite heart-centered therapy and healing space so to now be in a space where i'm leading a group of men it's like what the fuck like (laughs) (laughs) wow and what a beautiful practice right Mm. what a beautiful opportunity today and for guys listening to this leading groups is a practice yeah you're going to come up with your own edges you're going to come up on your upon your own edges and it's just great training, but you, you know, that's a great answer, especially for um, highlighting one of the main challenges of the sensitive new age guy or the nice guy mm-hmm. is he's scared of, he's terrified of men, terrified yeah. of his own masculinity, terrified of his own power. And then mm-hmm. of course, to stand in front of, you know, uh, let's see how you do. Everyone's powerful until they stand in front of power. Yeah. Okay, cool. You've got some ballers in your group. How are you going to show up in front of them and realize, yeah. oh, at the, you know, if you take away the paychecks, if you take away the houses, if you take away the accolades, mm-hmm. there's just a man in front of you. Yeah. And that man wants to be seen, heard, recognized, have a place to mm-hmm. speak without judgment, have a place to share his wins, his losses, his challenges. And you go, oh, this isn't that complicated. 
right? Can you hold a space where you go, hey, brother, you can say whatever you want to say and we're not going to judge you. Mm. That's the essence of this. But for you, what a great uh, continuation of your own Mm. healing process, Mm. right? To go, okay, all right, guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're standing up, I'm leading it. Amazing. Mm. So can you just talk people through a little bit of the process? Because I also think that one of the uh, reactions I get from men who are interested in starting a group is, okay, I need like a castle in the hills. I need a marketing <laughs> team. I, I need like yeah. two years of training, a film yeah. crew. And you're like, yeah. I always bring them back to, I started the Uncivilized Six with six guys sitting on my floor in mm. a rented apartment, you know, eating soup that I had cooked. <laughs> This is about as fancy as it gets. Yeah. Uh, can you walk us through a little bit of, of your own process of, of launching uh, on some mm. Liverpool? I, I think from what you just said, you'd very much recognize our setup, Trevor. <laughs> it's got a very similar vibe, but yeah, it's, you know, eight or nine guys, ten if we all turn up at once, sat in my apartment. That's as, as, as simple as it gets. And when the weather's nicer, we might meet in the park. But, you know, it, it's it's as simple as that. Went through um, the Leadership Crucible with Dave, which was right, right, right. an amazing experience that kind of really allowed me to lean into my leadership capabilities and what that means to me. Mm-hmm. And obviously working through stuff with The Nation, with your book, the um, Man Civilized course, just all of it contributing to me getting to the point where I could own my power enough mm. to actually step up and, and do it. And then once it got to that point, it was it's, it was pretty straightforward. I reached out to um, some men in a local men's group. There was kind of this local men's group going on that was there's some really like amazing men in it, but it, they were meeting quite infrequently and it was very much the kind of divine masculine, the sacred masculine. It was kind of like a bit like the whole sacred sons vibe, which is awesome. Sure. But kind of that's that's kind of yeah. stuff they were doing. Yeah. And um, I felt like uncivilized offered something different that wasn't being offered. Mm. So I reached out to some of those men, and some of those men came across to try it out. Reached out to some men whose paths I crossed um, over the last few years. Where I thought, you know, what you would be great for this. You would love this. You're the kind of guy that, you know, I'd like to sit and, and, and you know, chat the shit with and, and you know, who I could trust and um, just gathered a group of men who I thought were quality men. None of us perfect, but each of us open to that path of the two sides, the duality, the primal and the divine. And, and, and yeah, they're the men that are now in the, in the, in the group. I love it. How did you feel the day of the first meeting? <laughs> Yeah, um, I was absolutely fucking shitting myself. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate the honesty. (laughs) Like, what what were you doing? I was just having a bunch of guys over to talk about our feelings. But man, is it terrifying! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you work through that? Yeah, Uh, well, I just felt it and did it anyway. You know, it's because a lot as well as the fear, there was also this kind of like this kind of mountain thing that, you know, this kind of I've got this at the same time because I've done a lot of work over the last few years that, yeah, the fear's there. I was shit myself, but also it was like, I've got this and it's okay. 
Yeah. And, you know, I felt like, you know, Dave was there, you were there, that I wasn't alone in this. Yeah. Um, there was that support structure. There was kind of you and Dave and almost like the whole nation really behind me. Right, this, right, right. I, and, you know, my own, you know, the leadership group that I went to the Crucible with, they were there, you know, on WhatsApp. And, you know, it's, I felt like I had a, a team of brothers behind me so that I could then, you know, step in and hold space for these guys and, feel shit scared, but at the same time, just think, you know, it's okay, I've got this. It's- yeah. All right, guys, hope you're loving this conversation with Alan. I know it's a shorter episode. If you're interested in starting your own group, if you're interested in going through the Uncivilized Leadership Crucible, then right now, go to my website, www.manuncivilized.com and click on the link on the top saying, do you want to be a part of something bigger? I have so many guys in so many cities ready to pull the trigger ready to step up and start leading themselves and then start leading other men. Because if you take a look around at the country right now, we are desperate for this. And I know there's some great guys listening who would fill amazing spots and change so many lives. Go do that right now if you're interested. And let's get back to Alan. I remember being nervous as hell for my first meeting. Mm. And just, it's, it's different. You, you don't know what's going to come up. You don't know the conversation. You don't know these men. Even just mm. having eight strangers over to talk about, you know, football is it, it can yeah. be nerve-wracking. So good for you for stepping up so huge in such a huge way. You guys are two meetings in already. Mm. And you talk a little bit about again keeping confidentiality, but just what are some of the through lines you've seen of men embracing this already? Mm. The men who are in the group are just completely connecting with this idea of owning both, owning a lot of the men, and maybe it's no coincidence, but most of the men who've come so far have a similar kind of background to myself. You know, I've got, we've got, um, you know, yoga teachers, Qigong instructors, kind of guys who've come from the kind of more spiritual end of things. Um, Not exclusively, but that's the majority of the men. Um, And new men are reaching out all the time too. So there's, there's kind of a balance growing in that too. But, these are all men that recognize and I see so much of myself and my journey in them. It's really powerful to connect with them, but yeah, they need that to own their power too. They want to, to own that masculine primal edge. And there's, there's certain stuff we've all felt sitting in a group of men, the, the stuff that comes up, it just doesn't come up in any other space. Um, like I, I shared with the group um, on the second session, I found myself in the group, I had to keep relaxing my body because I was tensing. Like something about being in a group of men, it was like, I was like tensing myself for something. Like I was guarding myself and I had to just keep letting my shoulders down, softening my belly and being there. Um, And and the the men were saying similar things. Just being in a group of men was bringing up all kinds of stuff. And and the stretch goals were a revelation because I think a lot of the men in the group like me had done therapy had been in circles but having the accountability as well like i shared that video on instagram every man who came back had achieved fully or advanced significantly on the stretch goal and that was amazing yeah and let me just say for for people listening to this at the end of every man's share in a meeting or in a group he picks something that he's going to do before the next meeting starts, which is a bit of a stretch. 
And it could be having a hard conversation. It could be writing a letter. It could be joining a gym. It could be, you know, starting the blog. It's just something that's going to bring him to his edge. And I agree with you that uh, one of the, the messages that I get a lot from men who have their own groups is our men's groups kind of turned into a women's circle. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're getting together and just sharing your feelings, which is great, we need that space too, mm-hmm. but it also needs the masculine structure. And yeah. for so many men, they are alone in that masculine structure or they don't have mm-hmm. a group of buddies that like every morning text each other and say, Hey, what are you going to do today? There are mm-hmm. so many men are on their own, even yeah. if they have family, even if they have businesses, even if they have friends. Mm. You know, they're on their own on this path of, of advancement or path of improvement. Mm. It's even more heartbreaking, Alan. I, I imagine you hear this too, is I know guys who will say, you know, I reached out to the guys in my police department and I said, I'm going to meditate five minutes a day for the next 20 days. Does anybody want to join mm. me? And they get shamed for it. Yeah. yeah. Like, why the hell would you do that? Wimp. They're like, yeah. you know, this is stupid. What are you going to do next? Wear a dress? Like, hey, the guy just wants to meditate. First of all, calm <laughs> down. <laughs> like, everybody yeah. take a deep breath. Uh, <laughs> wow, why wouldn't you support a guy who's saying, hey, I'm going to go to the gym. Hey, I'm going to eat better. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to make more money. Hey, I want a better relationship with my partner. Hey, I think there's this thing that the world needs that I have and I'd love to offer it. Mm-hmm. My, one of the things I came out of men's work with was that same feeling. Like, oh, this is what it's like to be back on a team. Yeah, it's like being a college athlete again. This is what it's like to be on a fight team again. Mm. Everywhere you go, you said it, you have all these guys behind you. Yeah. Hey, if I fuck up, they're going to catch me. They're going to be like, don't worry about it. We got you. And and you can almost feel energetically the hands Mm. back of like, you know what, man, you are not alone in this. And I think that is just one of the best feelings in the world, especially for men, especially right now. Yeah so isolated and, and the future is so uncertain mm. um, and that's the thing that they can't get from therapy like the, the therapy takes these men so far but mm. having that group having that team and you're right you can feel it like the the whatsapp's on fire you know people are sending like um you know messages back and forth i've done this i said i was going to do this and i've done it and they get you know the high fives the thumbs up the, the you know nice one brother you've done it and just that support that team mentality is just incredible and then taking it out the meetings as well now and you know there's this talk about going hiking doing some wild camps sparring in the park you know it's it's, yeah. it's great it's it's i think for you as a leader too one of the things i enjoy most is hearing about guys who've just connected on their own, mm. even from guys in the nation. We're like, hey, I had lunch with so-and-so. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. I know him from New York. And yeah. you, you know me from here in Colorado. How did you guys, oh, that's right. You guys are connecting on your own. And mm. for the male culture, that is just vital. Of yeah. going, hey, I'm hanging out with guys who mm. it doesn't matter if they're coming off of rock bottom or they're, you know, hitting home runs every day when they mm-hmm. wake up it's simply the fact that we're all in this together and yeah that feeling is priceless mm-hmm. absolutely priceless what is your hope for the future of this or what is your idea for you know is this something you want to bring all over england is it is it something you want to share all through europe 
or, or mm. do you just want to keep it isolated in Liverpool and have like Liverpool, the city is just going to be fucking crushing it with, <laughs> with empowered men. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm open to wherever this goes. Like it, it, yeah. it's, I haven't thought that far ahead. It's, but it, 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 you know, already, you know, since we've been sharing things on Instagram and then you've been sharing it as well, there's other men reaching out who, you know, complete strangers, reaching out different walks of life wanting to get involved it's going to get to the point soon where we can't fit us all in my apartment (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be a beautiful problem to have (laughs) and yeah like there's guys in england like and i've had um you know there's a couple of guys up in scotland dave said there's some guys in wales that aren't too far away um i spoke to a guy just earlier today who's kind of um Stratford upon Avon, which is you know, it's too far to come. Yeah. But it's close enough where maybe we could start meeting up for some kind of day events, you know, like meeting up for a hike or, you know, doing something, you know, uh, and then maybe spreading it across the country. Like who knows where this could go. That's incredible. Do you feel that it's helpful for you to have a, a therapeutic background? And would you say that it's necessary to have a therapeutic background? Definitely not necessary. I, I think in some ways it helps me. In some ways, maybe it hinders. Huh, more about <laughs> but, that. Well, it helps me in the sense that holding space for me is easy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just holding space is my day job, right? <laughs> and for guys so, who don't know what that means, can you give your definition of what holding space means? Yeah. So, so for me, holding space is being there fully, being fully present, rooted grounded in the moment and being at the same time completely open open open-hearted open-minded and allowing that person in front of you or people in front of you in this case to share to speak without judging them without shutting them down without reacting to them It, it has a lot of similarity for me to that mountain energy that i love that mountain meditation and that kind of be the mountain thing that you talk about it, it feels to me very much like that sitting there rooted grounded open um to whatever people say and as a therapist especially the type of therapy that i do that's essentially what i do day in day out with clients so that part of it i'm not going to lie is definitely a benefit sure where it can be a hindrance though is that it can be easy for me to maybe kind of just just hold space mm-hmm. and facilitate the men's process and not step in and you sent me a really useful instagram message where you said to me, you know, you know, use the group too, like step in, like be one of the men, don't just, uh, and that was useful for me to hear, to step out of that, that therapist frame of reference. Yeah, when I started the six here in Denver, I told the guys, I'll lead the first couple meetings and then I need to be able to be one of the guys. I need to be, everyone needs to be equal. And sure, there needs to be someone leading the group each week and someone holding the frame of what we're doing. And I'm okay doing that, but I've gotten as much benefit Mm. from asking questions, from sharing my own stories, from saying, Hey, I'm really, I'm I'm having this issue with my relationship. What do you guys think I should do? And, and, and lowering the hierarchy Mm. because a lot of men too, what they need is a group that they're not leading. Yeah. You've got a fortune 500 CEO who also mm. has a partner and three kids and mm. a sick parent 
and he needs to be able to come into a group and go, oh, you know what, guys, like, I'm just not okay right now. And yeah. have the group be like, it's okay, we got you. Even if he's yeah. you, or even if he's me, and, and essentially, quote, leading mm. the group, I think that's really, really important. And I feel that difference, actually, when, when I'm leading the calls, you know, we have these teams within the nation, and I'm with the, you know, the head heart balls team. And when I, yeah. I lead those calls, it, it feels different. I love it, but it feels different to when I'm in the group with the leaders that I went through the crucible with, where there's, I don't have to lead, we're just in it together. So I, I hear that what you're saying, that there is a different quality to it. Yeah, it's super important for the longevity of the group because mm. the leader needs to be receiving as well. And mm. just like man to man, like you need brothers more than you need mm. a bunch of sons. Yeah. Right? So like you've yeah. got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing, man. I'm super excited for people who are interested in uh, Uncivilized Liverpool. How do they find you? How do they get more information on it? I have a feeling this is good. This episode is going to rip through Europe and you're going to get a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails. So how do people find you? Bring it on. Yeah. Well, the, the, the easiest way is on Instagram and it's at Uncivilized Liverpool. Straightforward. Yeah. Reach out, um, send a DM and yeah, I'll be in touch with you definitely. And yeah, we absolutely encourage people to join the nation. It's been a lifesaver for me. It's been awesome. Beautiful. And personally, I, I cannot thank you enough or acknowledge you enough because I do remember that first phone call. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being where you are, where you were mm. myself in that first phone call. And yeah. hope guys listening to this hear that there is no magic process. There is no, no magic bullet. It's really just getting around a group of really, really actualized, awake, uh, powerful men and allowing mm -hmm. their presence to bring you up and guide you and lead you and support you. And so brother, good for you, man. I, I could not be happier having you as our pole in Europe and, and leading the way you are and stepping up the way you are. So truly, thank you so much. Thank you. And I, I really appreciate you, Trevor, for everything. You know, you've been a massive mentor for me and your movement has in lots of ways completely changed my life. So thank you. Beautiful. My pleasure, brother. I love you. I'll chat with you soon. Cheers. Talk to you soon, man. Take care. This is Trevor Bohm signing off on another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please give us a share. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you're interested in getting a hold of my book, Man Uncivilized, whether you're a man or a woman, please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book and get reading.